Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to thank all my subscribers and listeners that dedicate a little bit of time just to hear what I got to say. Thank you so much, but the struggle is real and it continues. Please spread awareness and do your part by making sure that you are subscribed and liking each of the episodes that you listen to. Share my episodes and, and spread awareness of my channel and what it is that I'm doing. These things, these little things right here is what helps me grow and helps sponsorship come my way as I am a struggling ex-con. I appreciate the support, the love, and thank you so much for tuning in. More to come. This episode has been brought to you by our friends over at CMB Law. If you find yourself in a tight spot and you need an attorney to trust, call Courtney over at CMB Law, 941 747 44 or 941-725-9457. You can also visit her site at cmbjustice.com. cmbjustice.com. Again, that's Courtney at CMB Law. Tell them that Thomas Free Me sent you from the Thomas Free Me podcast show. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. This is Thomas Free Me. And you're listening to the Thomas Freeme TV and podcast show. Coming back again with Mr. Tanawa Downing. We're going to be covering the Third Amendment. If you didn't catch last week's uh, Second Amendment discussion, please go back and catch that. It was it was a great discussion. I, I guess I'll just start this Tanawa just by reading off the Third Amendment, and then we we can just uh, discuss a little bit of it. So, no soldier shall, in time of peace, be quartered. In any house, without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. Now, for me, hearing this again, as I said last week, you know, I'm 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 pretty um pretty knowledgeable of the First and Second Amendment. This Third Amendment, I couldn't even have told you what it had to do with what it what it even meant, what it was entailed. Um, this is probably the first time that I've actually read it to be what it is. And me being reading this for the first time, it seems a little more diluted than the second to me. So what, what was going on during this period of time was uh, Britain or England had, had sent over tens of thousands of, of soldiers and they were being forced to to be housed within uh, within, you know, buildings, uh, inns, you know, barracks and other things. And so they were, they were taking over the property of the, uh, of the people and then forcing them to have to feed and clothe and, and take care of these, these soldiers that were there. And so, you know, when we talk about uh, um, in the Constitution where it says that, that no state shall have a standing army during peacetime, you know, that's what it's talking about. That's it. This is literally what, what it's referring to is that, is that Britain was bringing in uh, an army that was that was oppressing the people and and then they were taking away their property and their food and everything else and forcing them to have to uh, have to supply them so you know when we became a nation uh you know we we considered that i mean we don't want to have our property taken away but uh there was a discussion early on about about whether or not we were going to even have an army at all you know and we there was a localist view that that maybe the state should have their own armies and then we said, no, 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 that, that, that's not going to work because that will allow for each one of these individual states to be able to, to go into rebellion and, and so on. So we did decide that, that an army was a necessary evil, but we wanted it to be only at, at, at the uh, central government level, at the national level. 
So we did create an army uh, within the within the nation national level. And so the purpose of that army, though, was for um, foreign um, conflicts. Right. Never, ever, ever was that army supposed to be able to come in and enforce the domestic laws. And and all through history, it's only happened just a couple of times. You know, I, I mean, there's been um, there's been a couple of instances where they brought in the military to try to enforce um, local laws. But, you know, the whole point of our army, which was it was the Federalists, they finally won this this uh, this argument. And we did establish an army. But the intent of the army was to deal with with foreign issues. But like we were talking about last week, when we were talking about the, the right to bear arms and I was talking about the Patriot Act, you know, when you had the Patriot Act and and in the Patriot Act, it actually gives war powers, presidential war powers onto local law enforcement to go and to arrest these these uh, um, these terrorists, right, domestic terrorists or whatever. Now we are allowing for this military element, this this war power to come into our our own nation and domestically. And now they're starting to enforce domestic laws. Right. And so they're using it. I mean, all of these jurisdictions all across the United States, police departments are using the Patriot Act as an opportunity to be able to go out, deprive you of your rights and literally create a standing army among us, among us in peacetime. So, you know, when they start to give those war powers onto local law enforcement, it switches them from a police state to 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 a, a, a military state. So, you know, when we talk about the rights that are being deprived, such as the right to a jury trial. Once again, we got to go back to Guantanamo Bay and consider what was going on there. You know, the ACLU fought uh, a few cases uh, um, back in 2000, 2004, I believe it was, um, where down there at Guantanamo Bay, because those prisoners there, they were coming in and they weren't being presented with the hearsay evidence against them. They weren't being presented with the accusations against them. They weren't being, being able to counter those accusations in a neutral, unbiased third party. You know, everything that our Constitution guarantees, we weren't giving to them, right? And so as a result, well, the, our our administration, they said that, that this is Guantanamo Bay. They're not subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, which is absolutely wrong because if the United States is holding them, it doesn't matter where the United States is holding them. The United States is holding them under the jurisdiction of the United States. So we were bringing them in. We were depriving them of the constitutional guarantees that, that all persons have that's involved within our criminal justice system. And we were doing it simply under war powers, right? And so the the, the case was brought up to, um, to the Supreme Court. And... Um, you know, once again, they were being deprived of the right to be able to have the hearsay evidence presented against them. They were deprived of, of the right to be able to confront the accusation against them. They were deprived of the right to a jury trial because what was happening was they were being threatened and intimidated, put through all these deprivation tactics. And then they were brought in front of a single um, a single judge advocate general who acted as both the the jury and the um, and the and the judge at the same time declaring their guilt. Now, if that sounds familiar to you, that's the same process that we go through here in America called the plea bargain process. Right. They have a grand jury. It, it, you don't have the opportunity to confront the accusations against you. Right. They present hearsay evidence and you don't have the opportunity to confront that hearsay evidence. They hold you indefinitely. They put you in jail and, you know, you don't even get the charges against you. They're doing it under the Patriot Act, under war powers. And they're doing it the same way that they were doing it with the terrorists down in Guantanamo Bay. So, you know, the real issue here is that is that the Supreme Court came out and said that those people held at Guantanamo Bay are entitled to all privileges and immunities secured by the Constitution of the United States. So we give every single privilege and immunity to suspected terrorists, but not to United States citizens residing within the United States of America. That's, 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 that's wrong. But they seal you fought for them. And what I want is I want they seal you to step up and fight for us because these plea bargains are the exact same process. And it's being done as a result of this Patriot Act that was put into place that shifted war powers 
from or uh, shifted the power from state police power onto uh, law enforcement. Now they're operating under presidential war powers, and that is a constitutional violation. We cannot have standing armies among us during peacetime. So one of the things about the Third Amendment here is that it's never been litigated in the history of, of the country. This, there's never been any sort of litigation that's been brought up pertaining to this. But I do believe that we're now going to be able to start seeing it because we do, in fact, have have, have soldiers that are quartered among us. Right? Well, let's so so let me let me break this down because you know I, I i find myself a fairly intelligent person you know and, and i'm having difficulty understanding what this exactly means so when i when i hear that no soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner nor in time of war but in a manner to be prescribed by law is is what this saying exactly what you're describing that that our police state has turned into a military state under executive legislation, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the Patriot Act. And that now that in our communities, we have wartime soldiers housed, ready for combat at any moment. Absolutely. do. Yeah. And, it, and it's a very scary situation because we can see that they're going out and they're, they're arresting people on arbitrary charges and they're depriving them of the, of the guarantees of the constitution and they're doing it you know, under the Patriot Act. They're doing it under 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 an act of legislation that was designed to to prevent terrorists uh, over overseas, not 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 here in America. But if you look at the at the evolution of a nation in, in the democratic destruction of, of a nation, you know, the police state is 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 where the tyrant comes. It comes from the police state. So you have a, a justice system, a, a judicial system that is that is acting as a power against the people, right? Then you have the police state that starts rising up and they start, um, they start acting in, in ways that, uh, um, that uh, well, take for instance, the, uh, the Soviet Union. I mean, both the Soviet Union and Germany both uh, became police states before they became the tyrant. And so, you know, if you look at terrorism, right? It's, it's just the systemic violence of, uh, that's, that creates this climate of fear among the people. Um, and it brings about this particular objective. And the objective is to get the government to have the power. So, you know, if government feels as though they can rule us better than we can rule ourselves, which is absolutely contrary to uh, American principles, then they will start to use their police state in order to increase their, their power. And so they do it through the use of fear and intimidation. And, and, uh, and that's, that's what we see. I mean, this is an act of terrorism. When I, when I say that, that, that national security is simply code word for domestic terrorism, I mean it when I say that. I, I was a national security expert. I know, I know that, that we had in good intentions, but what we were doing was wrong because we were protecting the wrong entity. You don't protect the government from the people. You protect the people from the government, right? But we had these knee-jerk reactions after September 11th, and those highly emotional conditions caused us to give up our rights. We gave them up. And when we started giving them up, they just started taking them, and they took them more and more and more until we get to the state that we're at today where we are literally in a police state where the government is using the entity of, of law enforcement in order to advance its own political interests. And that is, that, that's, that's the beginning of, of the end. That's a dangerous, so. dangerous place to be in. But so how, how do, how do we, how, how would you, how would a, a pre nine 11 police a South side Chicago now? Well, so they would be bound by the constitution of the United States. So they would be bound by, by, by everything that's there. And, and so, um, they wouldn't be looking at, at titling you as a terrorist, which would elevate you to a whole new level. You know, I mean, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to do that. But when we use these words, right, especially these, these, these words like terrorist and so on, I mean, these are words that, that come with highly emotional 
um, conversations, right? Mm-hmm. So we hear terrorists and we think, oh my gosh, that's a terrible, horrible person. And we want to have that, that, that dealt with. If that's an American citizen, great. We, we don't want terrorists in our country. Mm-hmm. But they're using these words very objectively, but they're using them with the intent, knowing that, that they are highly emotional uh, words, that they have highly emotional connotations. So, you know, so when we start to talk about insurrection, like, the, like, like January 6th, that word is, is one that, that incites, you know, a certain response within our mind, within our, within our, um, within our psyche. And so when they're used, then we respond to those in, in a certain way. And so we need to be careful about that. I mean, we can call someone a criminal because there's a difference between a criminal and an insurrectionist. A person breaks the law, government commits insurrection, right? If they're breaking the law, they're a criminal. They're not an insurrectionist, right? Insurrectionist is a refusal to enforce the body laws that govern the nation, right? So, you know, we just, we just need to recognize that, that there is an agenda of our government, and that agenda is to advance, you know, its own, its own interests and, and increase its, it proliferates its, its, its power. And it does that through the use of police, and it does that through the use of of, uh, of the judicial branch and the perversion of the judicial branch. So that's what we see today. I mean, we've got a constitution of the United States that's being that's being uh, pushed aside and it's pushed into exile because government is wanting to advance its own interests. Con- the constitution, again, its purpose is to limit the powers of government. So obviously, the constitution, the government is anti-constitution, and so every single time that that, that we allow it to be able to infringe upon these rights, or we allow it to inflict this fear upon us, then we are, are regressive. We're taking away the Constitution of the United States. You know, I, I see a lot of these videos of, of people that are going out there and standing up to, to law enforcement. And I think that that's good. I think it's good because, because to, to, to a certain extent, right? Uh, I, I think that it's good that they understand that, that, that they don't have the power, that we have the power. And, and so they all know it. And you can see their responses. Um, you know, when, when they're, when, when they're see that they're on camera or something else, because they know that they're subject to the people. They know that, that they're responsible to them. And they know that if they step out of line, that the people will hold them accountable. Right. But they've gotten so used to doing this, you know, against people and not having it be known that, you know, what happens in the dark stays in the dark. Well, no, we need to bring it into the light. And the way we do that is by doing these things. And we just get public to, to, to desensitize to the, to the thought that, that what we think is good may not be good. Right. What we think is good might've become a tyrant. And if it has, then we need to start to, to correct that. Because if you look at like, like I said, I mean, all democracies have all been destroyed, but you know, we were, we were designed upon Rome. I mean, we're Rome number two. Everything about us was all built upon Rome. And if you look at Rome, they started out as a, as a Republican form of government as well. And what did they do? They became a democratic government. And what happened was that Caesar Augustus, he was elected into power. And when he was elected into power, he, 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 he began to take, to take orders from the Senate. And thus started transferring the power of the of the Roman army to them. And eventually he just handed off the, the all power to it. He started obeying and doing what the Senate wanted. And we have the exact same thing today. We have someone that's in power that's and let that's let le- let the people know because I, I'm a firm believer that we are on a linear path with Rome. So let the people know exactly what the civilians were doing that allowed the government to to do this under the wool of their eyes. They, they they just allowed the, uh, the the government to come in and continue to to uh, to advance their own their own agenda. I mean, but it was it was it was through the distractions. It was through there was gladiator games every day. Yeah. It was right. it was just they were appealing to what the the masses wanted emotionally and yeah. and and narcissistically, so that they could fuel their agenda. And that is what is going on today. Just and think so about they, it. They were- they were taking these the, the slaves, yeah, and they were taking them and they were putting them in there and they were labeling them and making people think that these are horrible, awful people. And so when you when you look at 
when you look at what someone has done, right? If, if, if you're looking at, say, someone that murdered someone else, right? If you look at them, normally the system says, this is, a, this is an evil person. This is a horrible person. Look at what they did, right? And, and what happens is, is that then we only see the monster, right? And when we only see the monster, then we say that person needs to pay for the things they've done. But we don't recognize the fact that it's not what they do, but what's been done to them, right? Something happened to them earlier on in their life to change the trajectory of their life. And so if we stop looking at what they do and we start looking at what's been done to them, then we can start resolving these problems and we can start mitigating the, the situation. If we look at what they've done, they're a monster and you pay for what they've done. That creates judgment. It creates vengeance and everything else. But when we look at what's been done to them, then that creates compassion. You say, oh, that was horrible. What happened to that person as a child? That, that, and then we have compassion. Then we can start fixing the problem because then we want to, you know, have this person actually be successful. We can understand why it led to this other situation here. And so, you know, it's about, it's about what we're looking at, but yeah, back then and today, what we do is we look at what's been done. And so we only look at the evil. We don't look at the evil that's been done and it's changed their, their life. So, you know, these are mothers and fathers. It's, it's sons and children. Yes, they made a mistake. Yes, they did something wrong, but what happened to them that caused that, right? And if we look at that, then we got compassion and then we could change. But yes, when we, when we focus all of our energy and all of our time on, on, on the, on the bad, just like the news does every single day, they don't talk about anything good. We talk about the bad, then that desensitizes the people to, to it. You know, and that goes back to what Nietzsche said, that those who, those who fight monsters to see to it that the process, they don't become a monster. The reason why the process caused them to be a monster is because if all you do every single day is look at the bad law enforcement officer, I don't think that very many of them go into the business, you know, wanting to, to, to become what they become, but they, they get desensitized to goodness because they're not around it. They're around. Well, it's, 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 it's the breaking process that they go through. Same. It's the same thing of taking an 18 year old and, and sending them through boot camp. You know, it's, it's the, it's the mental psychological breakdown and the brainwashing that they're doing and instilling in them. This is why, an American citizen that you may have went to school with, right? And you may have been best friends with this kid in school is now a cop and you're not, and he's pulling you over and there's no empathy or connection. It's like, it's like they, they, they're a whole new, it's like they're a robot. You right. know what I mean? And it's, it's, I'm the law and I'm here to protect the law. And they're under the construct that they're protecting the constitution and they're doing what's best for america even if they right. break the law doing it because right. in their mind i'm breaking the law to get the criminal that's right. how it is in their mind that is it absolutely is and but but the problem is is you cannot break the law in order to enforce the law i mean you know so 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 what i say is it is it just like plato so plato in the republic he talked about justice and what he said was that good and bad are both evil right they're both evil right good is to commit injustice or accuse someone of wrongdoing Bad is to suffer injustice. The reason why good is evil is because you, you don't repay evil for its evil, right? So when you when you say that I'm going to violate the law in order to get this person who violated the law, guess what? You're producing evil. Can good produce evil? No, it cannot. Only evil can produce evil. Therefore, good is in fact evil, right? And until they understand that what you're doing is evil, you're just creating more evil. You're just bringing more into the into the world. Do we want to be in the in, in the business of creating evil? Do we want to be in the business of calling good good? when it's actually evil? No. Look at the fruit that's being produced by, by the entity. If law enforcement mm -hmm. is locking people up that are innocent, that are, that are homeless, that, that whatever, if they're violating the law, is that good? Is the fruit being produced good? Absolutely not. If mm -hmm. the judicial branch itself, if they say that, 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 it, that most prosecutors across the United States agree that as much as 15% of people in prison are innocent, but that's an acceptable deviance because our system isn't perfect, is that good? 
No, it's the most evil thing that you could possibly do to lock up innocent people into prison, deprive them of life, liberty, and happiness simply because you don't want to follow the rules. That's there's nothing more evil than that. So it's it, it just goes back to you know what the question what do we do you know we see we see the tentacles now at our front doors you know and it's it used to be across the railroad tracks but now it's not across the railroad tracks anymore now it's it's on the quote unquote white side now too you know so it's 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 just an an ever growing cancer that we see to but where does it stop do you agree with what you're seeing like on TikTok and, and, you know, these guys that are, and I'll post some on my Facebook or whatnot, but these guys that are uh, standing up to the police and putting the police in, in their constitutional place, I guess you could say. I, I think it's a good, it's a good first step. You know, they say that all, all of the philosophers all say that the, that the greatest weapon against the tyrant is simply truth. That's it. Where does truth come from? It comes from your mouth, man. You know, if you speak the truth to power, guess what? You can't you can't fight that, right? If I say to the if I say to the to the Supreme Court, if I walk into the into those doors and I say that the Constitution of the United States says that no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on the presentment or indictment of a grand jury, and they say to me, Well, you don't get it. Why not? Here's the truth. The truth says I do. Tell me why the truth is wrong. If that's the truth, then th you can't fight that. So you can't fight uh, logic with illogic. Right. You can't fight a truth with a lie. And so we just simply need to speak the truth. And if we know these constitutional provisions and we walk into them and, and, and we're told that that we don't have the right because this judge said we don't. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. We can speak the truth to them. All we have to do is say these words, say them word for word. Don't change them. Don't add to them. Just say them. This is what the Constitution says. And you cannot fight logic with illogic. There, there's nothing that a judge can say when you say I have the right to indict my, by a grand jury because the Constitution says this. What are they going to say? No, you don't. Great. You're not going to. You're well, not a, judge is, a judge is a judge. Nine times out of 10 is going to do exactly what you said. And that's point the case law. They're going to point the case law and, and prove you wrong through that case law. <clears throat> which is why, which is why I need to show the, the structure. So, you know, justice is to be constructed in a certain way. Like I said, there's a hierarchy of law. It starts with constitution and then statutes and then ordinance and then regulations. Then it gets into common law. And each one of these gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, there's, there's a very, 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 very key um, correlation between scripture and what is happening today, right? When you build your house upon the sand, courthouse upon the sand, and, and the storm comes in, it will collapse. But if you build it upon the rock, the bedrock of our nation, it will stand. We did not build our house upon the rock. We built it upon the sand. These individual cases, each one of these represented granule, granule sand, the sinners, the dirty, filthy sinners. Right. That's what the Tower of Babylon was all about. I mean, you know, there's there's just incredible correlation between between scripture and what is going on today right now, where where you can see that, you know, that this storm is coming. It's coming because there's an evident there's a flood of evidence that, that's against them because they have been pointing to case law over and over and over again. But the problem is, is that if I'm a judge and I take an oath and my oath is independent. Right. And it's to the United States Constitution, then then I rely upon case case law precedent as my basis for determining where is my uh, allegiance uh, aligned. It's with the judge that came before me or the flawed decision of the judge that came before him. It's not with the object of which the oath is demanded. Right. So when, when they take the oath and it's with the constitution, but then they decide to, case, to decide with case law, that's, that's, that's a violation of the oath. They built the structure in, incorrectly. They built it upon judge-made rulings with, with the lowest form of law in legal contemplation, superior to the highest form of law. Judges can alter the constitution of the United States 
in a legal realism type of type of doctrine, which is what we have today. And so we just simply need to switch it back over. I mean, we need to flip the whole thing over. The storm comes in, the rock's going to be the first to fall, then statutes, then ordinance and regulations. We're going to rebuild this whole, this whole justice system, this whole temple or courthouse that we have. And in doing so, we're going to build it properly. But it was supposed to be built with the rock at the bottom, the bedrock of our nation. And instead, we're being ruled over by, by, the, by the Constitution because it was built improperly. We have the judge-made rulings at the bottom that is in legal contemplation superior, and that is absolutely incorrect. That allows for arbitrary rule. Right. Arbitrary rule is that there's millions of cases out there. If I want to have a legal argument and win it, I can find a legal avenue for it all day long. Right. I can find I can find I can find 10 Supreme Court precedents that say that I do, in fact, get a, 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 a an indictment by a grand jury. But then they have one from 1887 that says I don't. You can always come up with whatever argument you want based upon based upon legal realism, based upon judge made rulings. Right. It doesn't matter what it is. Right. No, I mean, that, that, that's exactly it. So. What, what again? What can what what is the first step that that me as a civilian can do? You know, if I I catch a charge. What? Well, let me ask this before we get into that. What would happen, Tanawa, if all of us we just committed no crimes no more? We just all of us woke up tomorrow and we understood the agenda and what we're doing when we commit these crimes. And you say, you know what? I'm not killing anybody today. I'm not robbing anybody today. We're not doing any crimes today. The police is not going to have to be called today, right? What we happens? Back, we take back our nation. We take, we take back our nation. It, it becomes ours once again. You know, we have the freedom to, to do as we, as we please without interference by the government as long as we don't injure someone else in the process, right? If we wake up and we just simply decide that I'm going to love my brother and I'm going to let him live his life and I'm going to live mine and we're not going to interfere with each other and we're going we're gonna to live happily and har harmoniously across then guess what? We just took our nation back. They can't. They can't come in and 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 cause inter interference there. They can't, they will have no power, right? Where they get power is by us going out and hurting each other, right? I mean that that's what's allowing them to have this power. Of course, they're behind it. I mean it's part of this orchestrated event. But at the end of the day, if we don't allow them to 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 divide us and we and we remain together as as humanity, as the people, as society, we take back our government. We take back our whole nation. They have no power anymore. Right. But we have to choose to do that. So what happens if, uh, you know, we go in tomorrow and we accept no plea deals anymore? We just we just tell the prosecutor we're going to trial. No more plea deals. So I'll take I'll take my county, for instance, Benton County. Benton County has somewhere around 980 uh, charges, felony charges per, per month. They only have capacity for 30 trials. Right. So what they say is they say, well, we got to have the plea bars because if we don't, then, you know, then we'll let all these people go. No, you will prioritize, right? You will prioritize and you won't be doing all these offenses that are, that are based upon property or, or no contact violations with wives or whatever. So at the end of the day, you know, what will happen is, is that, is that, is that you will prioritize and you'll have certain offenses that will be prosecuted and you'll do it legally and lawfully with a, with a, with a jury trial. And then uh, the rest of the people, they, they, they'll find other ways of being able to, to deal with them. So instead of locking someone up because he spoke to his wife because they had a fight, you know, we'll put them through marriage counseling. There's alternative ways of dealing with it, right? So when we start to talk about prioritizing, then we're going we're gonna to reduce the, uh, the, the numbers. So if they only have the capacity for 30 trials a month, great. Then prioritize and send the, 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 the 30 offenses that are against persons. Okay, so go back 30 seconds. You were muted for about 30 seconds. So if they actually prioritized, 
then what we would see is, is we would see a significant reduction in crime. So we have criminalized every, everything, right? We don't look to we don't look to ourselves and our own devices to be able to solve or mitigate um, um, actions anymore. So you know, if someone someone crosses me and I don't like them, I'll put in a no contact order, and then next thing I know, I'm allowing the criminal justice system to deal with something that should be dealt with independently. I should be able to have a conversation with this person, tell them what my problems are. They should tell me what their problems are, and we should resolve the issue ourselves. That's what self governance is: is that we're mature enough to be able to resolve issues on our own. Most of these issues, you know, they're they can be resolved independently. We don't need we don't need to criminalize every single thing that that, that goes on. I mean, we certainly don't need to uh, create conditions where criminal acts can be committed and then use that as an opportunity to be able to arrest the people. You know, government shouldn't be buying and selling drugs. They shouldn't be manufacturing drugs and then bringing them into an environment where we know that people are unhappy because they're they're they're, they're because they, they take all the felons and they force them into a certain low low income area because you can't live anywhere else. And then they're going to shove drugs in there knowing that these are unhappy people. So great unhappy people are looking for something to get happy. Let's just do that. And take advantage. We, we won't do that. I mean, that is a good example of violating the law in order to enforce the law. But it's, it's worse than that is that they're actually committing the environment where the law can be violated. And then they use that as an opportunity to send these people back off to prison. It, it's, it's, it's horrible. So I think that if we all stood up and we said, no, I'm not going to accept a plea bargain, what you're going to find is that before the end of that month, 95% of those people are going to walk out that door with, with charges dismissed. And, then and, it's and, and you know, I, I used to hear that in the inside. We used to hear all the time, you'd hear this, man, if everybody just went to trial, they couldn't, they couldn't take everybody to trial, things of that nature. But it never really registered or, or I understood exactly what that meant. And that's because this system is not designed to take two million people to trial. You no, know what I'm can't. saying? Right. And so, and so, you know, the majority of the people that are in, in, in prison are there from drug offenses which isn't a crime against anyone else. It's, you know, whatever. But the other one is, is crimes against property. It's not even crimes against persons. So the majority of people in prison are there for, for acts that don't even, that don't even cause uh, harm to another, to another human being. You know, I'm not saying that the property uh, um, uh, issues aren't, aren't, don't need to be dealt with. But what I'm saying is that, is that we're sending people off to prison that don't need to be in prison. I mean, they just don't need to. Well, it's, it's, so, so for example, I'm in Orlando last night. Right. I'm in Orlando and outside of this club called the ice bar or something of that nature, there was an altercation. It was two individuals you could tell were intoxicated. One threw the other one down on the ground and Tanawa within three minutes, there was at least 15 squad cars running up and down the streets. I mean, like like there was live live fire going off you know what i mean like there was live action it was i saw the whole thing it was just an altercation between two people that were yeah. intoxicated the uh, right. one swung and fell and the other one got on top of him a couple of people broke it up and right. and there was cars i mean it, it's just it's ridiculous yeah i mean two, two things what why didn't why, why don't why don't we just break it up ourselves you know i mean that's my buddy i'm gonna grab him i'm gonna take him home all right we're going to nurse is, is just black eye, you know, what, but what about, what about when the police show up and just say, all right, we're going to take you down to drug take, we'll, you'll get you out in the morning. Right. I mean, what happened to that? Like what happened why to that? Gotta, why do we got to go to, to an assault too? Because this person punched it. I mean, what are we doing? Well, why you know? is it that every time a cop is called to the scene, somebody's going to jail? You know what I mean? Exactly. Why right. is it always escalation versus de-escalation? Why are what? they called a peace officer and they're not enforcing peace? 
and they're not enforcing peace. Why as us as a community, are we calling the police, as you said, on, on these individuals versus just going out there and breaking it up and sending them apart on their way? You know, why are we, why are we filming on TikTok or in calling that? It's just, we have to stop inviting the government into our homes. This is what we're doing. And, and they're relying on us to do that. This is all this 1-800 stop snitch campaign, report a crime. All of this crap that they got is for them to invite themselves into your home. Right. So we got, we got self-governance. I mean, that, that's what we were founded upon. That's what we were meant to do. We were, we were, we were going to be free. And I, I think that, I think that as a society or, or a man that is unable to be mature and to be able to deal with his own problems or his family's own problems, maybe he shouldn't be free. You know, I mean, maybe he shouldn't. So are we, are we mature enough to be able to, to, uh, to live our own lives, to deal with our own families and our own, our own issues? I mean, you know, people have lived for a long time, thousands and thousands of years without any sort of governmental intrusion in, into the, into the issues of a family, right? I got a family. I, I need to be a certain, a certain individual for that family. I need to, I need to fill a specific role. My wife needs to fill a specific role. We need to take those roles very, very seriously because if we don't, then guess what? We just get the complete breakdown and then we allow for this evil to penetrate into our family and destroy the familial unit, right? I mean, it, it prevents us from being able to communicate properly because it, com- it comes in between us. It pits us together, you know, or against each other. And so, you know, you get, you get the, the CPS stuff with the children where coming in and it's pitting against, it's all about communication. And we, as, as, a, as, a, as a husband, as a father, as a man, we need to start communicating better. And we need to take responsibility for, for our role. In, well, in we, need to, we need to get our heads out of our ass. We do. Is, is what we need to do, you know. And, and again, I, I, we, you brought up Rome. I emphasized Rome. And I want to emphasize the, the linear path by saying that, again, in Rome, you had these gladiator games. The people were preoccupied with entertainment day in and day out. And I want the listener that's listening to this right now, just to think, how distracted are you through your day? When you wake up in the morning, what distracts you from your thoughts? When you're, when you're rushing home, you know, from, from work, you're, you're rushing from work to get home to, to throw on your favorite show. You don't even greet your kids or nothing when you come through the door because you got caught in traffic and your show already started, you know, so these priorities that you and I are laying out as the fundamental essence to, to our freedom, right? How, how distracted are you, the listener, from, from seeing what's going on around you? As, as you heard the man said about CPS and, and, and how this we're turning into a police state. These are, these, these, this is happening because we are so distracted with, with Kim Kardashian you know what I mean? I don't want to call names. Entertainment, you know, yep. movies, Hollywood, gambling, pornography, yep. drugs. What is it that our kids? What is it that our kids look up to? You know, I mean, is it is it an athlete because of the money and the lifestyle, or is it the teacher or the law enforcement? I mean, there are we've we've got we've got a we've got an incorrect perspective on on what is what is important. You know, I used to I used to walk around. Well, I used well to before you let me let me yeah, ask you this right. on that. Let me ask you this on that. Who is driving that perspective? Where are we getting that perspective from? In entertainment industry. I, I mean, and, and media. I mean, it's, media. you know, we're taking, we're taking and, and we're placing this, this inordinate value or this, or this, uh, um, this idealization toward, uh, toward something that, that isn't a value to humanity, right? Completely I mean, fiction. 
on most it cars. Is, you know, and so there's a there's an old saying, and it it comes from a, a guy named um, um, uh, Jim Morrison, but it mm-hmm. says that life is not as romantic or as exciting as it should be. So we say things that are false because it's better that images be created. It doesn't matter if those images aren't true, so long as they're believed, right? And that's kind of what we're doing. I mean, you know, we think that this that life is supposed to be you know glamorous and and we're supposed to have all these things going on and that's not really life right i mean that's that's something different but what's most important is i used to measure my wealth based upon what i had right and that was a horrible horrible thing to do because i can never have enough right i would never ever have enough because someone always had something more than me so i was never good enough i was always working i never stopped i i was doing 120 hours a week and and it still wasn't i was making eight hundred seventy thousand dollars a year and it still wasn't enough Right. Because it will never be enough when what you measure your your wealth or your, your worth is based upon what you have. What we need to realize and what you need to remember is that is that the true wealth isn't based upon what you have, but rather what you do. Right. That's the only thing that's a value. That's the only thing that lasts. Everything that I did before is it, it's gone. It, it was taken away with a swipe of a pen. Right. Now I want to build something that's real. And we do that not by not by. Not by the things that we have. We, we, don't, we don't measure our wealth based on that. We must measure our wealth based upon what we do because that's the only thing that's going to last. And so when you look at your family, your family, most important, like, like uh, with your family, that your family doesn't care about what you go and build, right? It doesn't care about what you, what you, uh, what you design or, or what you do within, within society because that's, that's going to go away. It's not going to last. What matters is, is that child. What matters is that wife and, and what matters is, is that love that exists. That's the only thing that's going to last. And so if we start focusing back on the family and less on, on what we do out in, out in the world, we're going we're gonna to get, get our lives back. We'll get our country back. But, but until we do that, we're just heading to destruction. The destruction of the familial unit is going to destroy our nation. And, and that's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, Tanawa, because I still have DNA you know what I mean? I still have a bloodline that exists and, and I'm and I'm thinking four or five generations down the road of what is my bloodline gonna have to endure, you know, at the at the state that we're going in. Is are they going to have is there going to be a place on earth that a person can go and still have the comfortableness of just saying how they feel? You know yeah. what I mean? Just just voicing their opinion and not being persecuted for it. Yeah. Is there going to be that is there going to be that? No. See, see, for for me, I was put into a situation that this wasn't this wasn't my choice. It was it was a choice that was made for me. But when it happened and my kids were taken away, you know, unjustly, I had a choice to make. Right? I could either allow myself to 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 collapse or move on, or I could be the best the best example of a of a father that I could be every single step of the way. And that's what I'm trying to do. You know, my kids they, they don't know what I'm doing. They don't know what I've been doing for the last five years. But the thing is, is that I made a decision that I was going to do something and I'm going to demonstrate to them what a, what a husband and father's really like. And, and I know that, that someday, you know, when they look back and they actually see what's been accomplished by the suffering that, that I willingly put us into, I know that they wouldn't have chosen to do this, but, but I chose to do this. And as a result, you know, it's not going to take away the pain, but they're not going to regret having to do what they, what they did because, you know, uh, I just want to be the best example of a father that I can. If I don't have them, then I want to know that 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 I'm I'm at least living up to that to that example. That they will have something that they'll be able to look up to. Those daughters, my, my daughters, that that at some point in time when they when they wonder why you know why dad wasn't around, they'll be able to look back at the record. They'll be able to see this is what he did, and they'll be able to be be proud of me. And so you know, if there's any any gift that I can get from God through through this, uh, 
I would say that that, that would be the greatest gift. Is that one day my kids would be pretty, really proud of, of, of their father and what he did. Well, I'm in that same boat with you. You know, it's, 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 it's knowing that my daughter don't understand me and what I've done and gone through now. But when she gets to the point to where she's 30, 40 years old and she really understands the constructs of life, she's going to say that, man, my dad is a soldier. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the shit that he stood up against. Yeah. You know what I mean? My father was, yeah, he was a convicted felon, but look how you guys treated him when he just wanted to come home and just be a good person. Look what that's he had to fight important. against. Look what he had to endure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if, I if, know that. If, that's why I continue doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if a father's a, a son's first hero, I want to be, I want to be that, that hero. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to put my tail between my legs and I don't want to plead guilty. I don't want to do something that's not right. I want to stand for those people. I want to be that example for him so that, uh, isn't that why Ned Stark's got his head cut off? You know, I don't know if you if you followed the Game of Thrones, you know, but but um, it's 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 actually something you should check out. You know, the Game of Thrones is. Again, I'm not a person that watches TV at all, and, and I was kind of convinced begrudgingly to watch this and when i watched it from the first episode I, I you know i never watched it i watched all seven seasons straight through and it is such an accurate depiction of life in so many ways the, it just it just is you know and and here you know you don't understand the reference but maybe the listeners do but this is exactly what happened with ned starks is is he ultimately got his head cut off for for standing up to what he thought was the right thing. And this is the position that we're in. I'm willing to get my head cut off for the safety of my daughter. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I see the peril that our country is in. I see the ignorance that surrounds me by my American citizens of just how, how in charge they really could be. You what know. what kind of father would I be if 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 I just walked away from this, knowing that, that this is happening, to leave it up to him to have to deal with it, right? If I'm not willing to step up and and do everything in my power to take away every single every single every single adversary that I possibly can, so that he doesn't have to deal with it, what kind of father am I? You know, right? This was this was given to, to us. This was given to our generation. It's our generation's turn to decide what we want to be. Do we want to be the hero, or do we want to be the 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 the, uh, the sheep? We want to we want to go and hide or we want to stand up. This is my America, and damn it, I'm not going to let someone come in and destroy my America so that my kids are going to be enslaved. That's not going to happen, right? I mean, it's not going to happen. And I think that that's what that's not what on my club. Founders were, were about. I mean, you know, if we're not willing to stand up, I mean, I got into an, into a little bit of a disagreement with someone earlier today that was talking about how how I'm spending this time on Facebook, sitting on my butt, you know, and not out doing so. That's not how it works, right? I mean, the first step isn't go out with guns and start and start attacking people, right? You know, Gandhi said, he said that power knows the truth and is busy concealing it. It's the oppressed that needs to hear it, not the oppressors, right? Mm -hmm. We spend all of our time arguing with the government. What good is that going to do? They're mm -hmm. not the ones that need to be changed. It's the people that need to hear it. This is what we have to do. We need to be out of Facebook. We need to be sitting on our asses instead of out there doing because this is where the change is going to be. You use your words, you speak the truth, you you inspire and inspire others to, to your vision. And guess what? Next thing you know, you got a revolution, but you don't get a revolution by standing up with guns, going out there and attacking them because they got way more power than we got. We got to build this army first and you build it through your words. And if, and if the words result in, in, in losing my head, 
whatever. I mean, you know that I can't change what God has called me to do. Right. All that I know is that, is that, is that I'm an essential element of it, just like the rest of us. Amen. And if my death is necessary to reach that good, so be it. My kids are going to have a better life. And that's what I care about. That's what we all care about. Amen. Amen. Mr. T. And, and the thing of it is, is that, you know, I, I was in a, I was in a, in a, in a zoom, you know, the other day. And, and uh, again, yeah, there was some, some, some representatives in there, but there was a lot of organizations in there and I'm, I'm listening to these people and it disgusts me personally to hear how these people grovel at trying to garner some sort of attention from these representatives it's just they sit around and they plan on how which representatives and how they can try to sway his attention for you know for their cause and to get how can we get this representative to listen to me and i'm just sitting here and i'm like you guys don't even get it man this is why i say tana well what do i say i do not negotiate with terrorists i don't do it I don't yeah. do it. And when I look at the definition of what terrorism is, I gauge for myself out of my own education of what a terrorist is that's in front of me. I'm not going to listen to what another person tells me, well, this person's a terrorist, so you have to look at them as a terrorist. No. Yeah. And, when I, and when I look at that, I see our administration, I see our, uh, just uh, our government is riddled with domestic terrorism. Yeah. It is. How could it not? It because you have the stats in front of you for the last 30 years of how what they've been doing has been killing our communities and they're not doing any they're not doing nothing about it but pacification. So how can you justify that these people are not trying to tear our country apart? See, terrorism, once again, is the use or threat of use of fear in order to bring about a desired result from one organization to another organization. We have a global war on terrorism, right? But it is a shame that that global war on terrorism has entered into our own borders and is dramatically impacting our own citizens. This isn't a global war on terrorism. This is a United States war on terrorism and it's being done by our own, by our own government in order to take the power away from us. There's no denying that. There's no, there's no, there's no other way of explaining that. This is, this is an act of, of deprivation to take away our rights in order to get us to, to look to the government for our needs and our sustenance, right? We don't no want to do that. Listen, success and failure is upon the individual and not the government. Right. Limitations come simply from a person's inability to dream or the sins of oppression. Right. We've got the sins of oppression right now. And that is literally what's causing us to no longer dream. This is called American dream. We were all meant to be able to visualize the dream of our future and then be able to manifest that dream because we have the freedom to do so. We can't manifest our dreams anymore. There's no American dream because we no longer have the freedom to be able to to do it. And we're and and, and as we've stated again, I, I just want to 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 the listener to understand that we are doing it to ourselves by what we're doing to our communities what we're when we're when we're robbing we're stealing we're killing we're hurting american citizens we are doing this to ourselves and they want us to do that they're expecting us to do that so that they can implement these laws these rules to 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 push their agenda further into our neighborhoods we have to stop the crime well, you have to find a better way. I understand addiction. I understand hunger. I understand depravity, but we have to find a better way. This is what I really want the listeners to understand is, is, is the, the feeding of that agenda. You know, I understand we're hungry. I understand we're poor. We don't know what to do. We're angry. 
you know, we want a last shot. We're tired of being lied to, but we have to find a better way and a different way than attacking ourselves. When, an, when somebody is coming out, when I have an organization and I'm coming out and I'm trying to garner support, you know, gain support for an individual that I'm representing, you know, I should not be getting backlash from other American citizens calling, you know, this person a bum or a loser or telling them to get a job or anything like that. You know, it's it's inquire first. How can we help this person? How did this person fall off? Right. You know, it's just it's just helping each other so we don't have to rely on the government. And that's kind of the right. state that we got into is that they've made us so fat and lazy and dependent on entertainment and and they work us to death so that just a little bit of time that we have for ourselves, you know, we're not doing we're not spending it with the family. We're not doing these things. We're, 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 we're spending it in selfish mannerisms because there's only a fraction of time that we really have for ourselves right. because we're working, we're working, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week just to pay bills. Gas is up to $4 a gallon here. I'm sure it's probably more out by you, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, this is why I say they are causing the oppression on us to make us do the things that we do, because as Tanawa has laid out, slavery is alive and it's 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 a great business. So they cause the oppression to make us do the things that we do, knowing that we're going to act as oppressive people do. We're going to commit crimes. You know, we're going to steal food. And as that as that oppression gets tweaked and turned up. You know, the crimes, the crimes go up as well. So let yeah. me ask, so, let me ask you, let me ask you this here, Tanawa. Yeah. Let me ask you this because I've always had this question posed and I tried uh, in, in legal fashion a couple of times when I was in the inside, but I was, I had a drug charge and I was in the federal institution under drugs. How come I was, am not, how come I do not fall under, uh, prisoner of war um, guidelines because a war on drugs has been has been declared they yeah. were receiving they were <sighs> receiving funds to fight this war this was a war on drugs just as a war on terrorism and, and everything else they want to call a war how come i'm not a prisoner of war well so i think that in the long run once once we get through all this and, and the truth comes out I think that we are prisoners of war. I, I think that we're that we're when they when they label us enemy combatants and they and they put us into into jail and they hold us indefinitely with with whatever arbitrary charges they have without presenting hearsay evidence and all the rest. We are a prisoner of war. I mean, you know. So, um, you know, our, our country. You know, we were we, we were to establish justice, and and justice is not established because we're still looking at it as though it's a business. And as long as we continue to look at it as though it's a business then it's going to be a debt-based system. And as long as it's a debt-based system, then it's enslavement. So, you know, crime is not about a debt that's owed to society because as long as it is, then it's a business. Yeah. And so we've got to get away from that, that, that look. But so, you know, we've got, it, it goes back to scripture as well. You know, I mean, when we had, uh, when, when we had September 11th, you know, that was really when, when a lot of this, uh, a lot of this, these, these rights deprivations started occurring, you know, so we have a, a group of people that 
if you look at, you know, North South and, and uh, during the Civil War, I mean, the people that we thought that we beat, you know, in the, in the South, they have simply went and they, they've won offices in every single political position all across the country. I mean, these people are, they have degrees in enslavement. They have a degree in creating a slave. That's all, that's all that a JD is. And mm-hmm. So these law degrees, that's what they do. And every single legislator, every single judicial officer, every single prosecutor all have these degrees, a degree in enslavement. You know, so the very evil that we were fighting and, and destroying in the South, we thought we were destroying and we thought we won. Huh, no, no, we're not at all. They took, they took a position in every single political office across the country. That's why I say that's why I say it's hard for me to 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 just think that 9/11 was was circumstantial that that this happened and and the Patriot Act was the result of of that action you know it's just it's too meticulous it's too well thought out it's too well planned and it 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 operated and functioned too well in the government's behalf for you, it to just be circumstantial into, if you look into menticide and you actually, because there, there are some, there are some videos, YouTube's got some videos on it and stuff, but if you were to look into menticide and you were actually to look at the process of menticide, it is scary. It is scary. I mean, you know, the things that have been, that have been put into place, these waves of terror that, that have been inflicted upon the people, they're coming at, at regular interval, intervals and they're coming with higher intensity. Every single step of, uh, that Merlou talked about within his book is, is all happening right now. I mean, you know, right down to the isolation. And once you're in isolation, you don't want church because you don't want hope. You don't want to be, be able to give it. You, you don't want people to come together because when people come together, they work, they, they communicate. And when they communicate, they're able to work through the logic and the illogic faster, right? So you want to isolate. You want to take them away because that creates the, 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 uh, the condition of, of um, depravity. You know, so, I mean, it is scary how, how accurate it, it is. And so there's a lot of evidence that, that points toward toward you know, responsibility in 9-11. I don't know. I was, I was a part of the 9-11 commission back, back in the day when I was in, in DC and, you know, I had a different opinion then, but, um, but I trusted the government then and I don't, I don't really trust it anymore. You know, I, I, I think that there's just bad intentions that, that exist there. And like I said, I was on the wrong side. And now that I know that side, uh, that now that I know that I was, then I'm on the right side now, but, you know, I'm able to, I'm able to do the things that I that I do and say the things I say because I know what they think. I know I know what they're doing. I know how they act and I know how they're going to respond. There's the old saying that that uh, how incredibly alike are all the tyrants, but how gloriously different are each of the saints. They do the same thing. It's over and over. You can predict their next their next behavior and their next action based upon history. You know. So once you do that, they're they're not going they're not that difficult to to defeat. But but I don't want to defeat them. I want them to come to terms with the fact that. We're all American. We're, we're all in this together. We, we got into the situation that we're in today together. Let's get out of this together, right? But we get out of this together, not by ignoring it and not by continuing to push it, not by fraud or force. We do it by coming together as people, talking through this and, and addressing the problem. Because, you know, because I, I, don't, I don't think that any one of those people up there, I don't think that they necessarily are bad people. I just think that over time, power and, and like you said, you know, the, the people trying to kiss their ass, you know, that causes people to change. You go to D.C., you don't remain the same person because you're associated with nothing but lobbyists who are wanting to take you to parties. And you, you start to build that power. And that power really changes what, what you do and, and how you think. And so, you know, when you deal with a narcissist, because that's what it, that's what it becomes. You, you, when you deal with a narcissist, what you have to do is you have to expose them for what they are. 
because they have no introspection. They don't look inside and they, they can't see themselves for what they are. So the only way that they can see themselves is by seeing the, 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 those around them, by those individuals being a mirror. And so, you know, a lot of people don't like some of the things that I say and, and, and say, well, you can't talk to a judge that way, but no, it's the truth. It, I'm speaking the truth. I'm simply presenting to them the, the way that they feel inside. These are the things that they're thinking. It's the way that they are. I want them to know how ugly and awful they are on the inside so that they can come to terms with that because they can't do it on their own. And that's what, that's what, that's what someone like me would do is that we've got to show them exactly what they are, what they've been doing. We've got to have just absolute uh, truth on it. And we don't need to hold back because if we hold back, the narcissist is going to defeat us. Well, God bless you, Tana Juan. I'm glad that you're, you're definitely on my team, you know, because, um, you're, 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 you're what's needed. You know, you're what's needed. I'm what's needed. We're, their leadership has to step up somewhere. This is why I'm imploring leaders in, in the communities to step up and just do what we're doing. You know, it's, it's so one final question of the evening. <clears throat> do, do you see us as humanity on a global unrest? You know, do you see like a global civil role, you know, uh, war between the lower class and the upper class coming? Yep. Yeah, this is this is a global uh, initiative, you know. So, <clears throat> if we look at it scripturally, this this would be this would be the, the, the beginning of the end. But what I want to say with that is that the end is is always just a new beginning. The story repeats itself over and over again. Humanity is just on this constant cycle of uh, of, of changing. So hmm. we always have bad, and it leads to this apostasy and it's, this this absence of of good, and you know, and, and then we become bad, and then eventually conditions come to a, a point where we're we're faced with you know absolute destruction or change our ways and you know i think that humanity has always chosen to to do what's right when when shown that what they're doing is wrong it just takes a long time to get us to that point you know you you've got every single one of us has good and bad in us i mean we've got this this good and we've got this bad and there's an old saying that um that there's two wolves it's an old uh, indian um, um parable but it said that this little indian boy he goes to the indian chief he says to the indian chief hey my dad said that there's two wolves in me a good wolf and a bad wolf and they're fighting which one's going to win the indian chief said whichever one you feed right so we feed these thoughts every day we feed this good or we feed this bad we can make a choice on which one we want to feed and as we feed the bad because that's all we see around us every single day eventually that's all we hear anymore we don't hear the good it just doesn't it's not there anymore and so the only way to get back to good is to start talking to it. We got to feed those thoughts to the good mm -hmm. every single chance we get. We got to stop feeding the bad and start feeding the good. And so that's what we got to do as society. I mean, instead of doing bad, let's do something good. I mean, instead, if you have a hundred acts a day that you're that you're doing, and right now 90, 90 of them are bad, then we take it back by one by one step every day. You know, you take back one of those bad things and you do something good, right? And so then eventually we, we desensitize ourselves to the bad and we start producing the good once again. And that's just what humanity has to do, you know, but we don't do that until we reach a certain level where there's a certain out, outcry of, of the population that says, I, I'm tired of being oppressed. I'm tired of being abused. I'm tired of, of not having, you know, my fair shake in, in, in a world that's supposed to be for me and not against me. And so once that happens and we're on the, we're on the, on the tilt right now, once that happens, then we switch back to good. And so, you know, there's a natural law that's, that's the law of, of, uh, of reap and sow. You know, we will always be reaping what we're sowing. So, so as we sow good, we're reaping bad, right? And as we, as we, um, as we sow bad, we will be reaping good. And it just kind of goes back and forth. You, you always have a result of, of, of your past, right? It, it will always manifest itself. So, you know, 
we've been reaping or we've been sowing uh, bad for a while. We've been reaping good. So we kind of need to switch that. We need to start doing good and understanding that as we're doing good, we're going to have bad that's going to happen to us, but we're going to push through that because we know that at the end, good's coming. It's coming our way. So I, uh, I do think that this is a, that this is a global attempt to, to take overnight. And I do think that, you know, scripture says that uh, if God's for us, who could be against us? And who is, uh, hmm. is an interesting uh, um, abbreviation because I think who is probably exactly who is against us right now. Hmm. And, uh, and we need to be very careful about what the World Health Organization is, is, uh, is, is pushing. Amen. You know, again, it just takes, it takes unity. It takes, it takes education and, and research and whatnot. So, Tanawa, another great discussion, man. These, these are really starting to pile up. Um, I love these discussions because it's needed. You know, it's needed. And, and a lot of people have been tuning in to these discussions, but not enough. You know, we, yeah. need, we need more people to, to hear these discussions and truly understand and get involved. You know, you, you, the listener can reach out to me and, and you know, Tanawa's on Facebook. You know, reach out to him. You know, uh, it's just let's do something because I promise you, I promise you, we're not jiving. This is not jive talk. This is not fantasy. This is not illusion. We are on the cusp of something very, very serious. And as they say, right, as they say, you don't know what you have until it's gone. When this is gone, we can't say, hey, man, I, I really miss the days that I could I could say what I wanted to say. You know, I wish those days would come back. It's over with. You will never reach a certain tax bracket. Your family, your lineage will always be in that tax bracket. And that'll be it. You know, and it's just. What, what kind of men are we? You know, what kind, we need to step up as men. I mean, you know, a lot of people might, might think that I'm weak, but, you know. Nah, I, I, I'm willing to step down and, and actually uh, and actually serve those that, that, that are among me. I don't think that I'm weak at all. I think that that's what we need to be doing, guys. I mean, who cares about the, the, the money right now? Because the money's not going to matter at all when the, when the government collapses, right? If you're out there and you're worried about how much money you have or your bank account, you're wasting yeah. your time. That's, that's what I had to realize is that, yeah. is that if I don't do this, if I don't get involved in this, what, what good is any of that? The money has no, no merit or value. My career has no, no value when we get into a communist type of, of, a, of a government. Well, 99.9% right? .9 of the people don't even understand that, what, what that means when they think that they have money. You know what I mean? When they think that they have money, they don't even understand what that means. They don't even understand where that money comes from. They only know that they open up the, you know, their, their bank account and see a bunch of numbers there, and they think that those numbers are, are theirs. Yeah, that, those numbers know, aren't going to save you. Not, not when this government goes under. Those numbers aren't going to do anything. So we, you could either step up now with the courage and the, and the strength that, that you have to, to, to work together, or you can depend upon those numbers. But I, uh, I, you will be painfully mistaken if those are what you what you're think is going to save you. Those that don't hear must feel, Tanawa. Yeah. You know, so uh, God bless you again for, for, the, for what you do, man. And, and, um, and again, men amongst men, it's, it's, you're right. It's time to, to, to load up the, the jousting stick and get on the horse and, and suit up, man, because. Yeah. Just defend our wives and our children. That's what we got to do. That's what's important, not the numbers. God bless you, Tenawa. Have a good night. Bless you. Thank you.